already got a foretaste of it right now with him living in our hearts imagine deity being in our bodies this morning deity presence of the holy ghost praise the lord well it's good to be in church today <clears throat> it was certainly be good to be in church last night amen Had a wonderful time around the word so enjoyed and appreciated the word just turn today if you would again to psalms 110 Remember, Psalms 110 is one of the messianic psalms that instead of being excerpts or verses from the psalms, pretty much the entire psalm itself speaks of the Messiah and it's messianic pertaining to the millennium, which is rare. Uh, Many of the psalms from uh, verse 1 to the end of it contains everything about the millennium. Also, some chapters in Isaiah that do likewise. But for the most part, you find a verse here, a verse there, a verse here, a verse there, a verse here, a verse there. But God somehow caught David into the inspiration, uh, and he was able to be able to unveil things so beautiful, so wonderful. I love the Word, don't you? Oh, my goodness, I just, I love the Word. Psalms 110, verse 1. A psalm of David, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Listen now. And in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we'd like to be remembered today as we pray. I got an email this morning from um, a brother that streams the services here. His name is Brother Clark Gray. He's from the island of Cyprus. Many of you remember reading about Cyprus in the Bible. And he's having some tremendous, tremendous issues in his back. And uh, he had made mention about the Lord moving for Brother Darrell here the other night. And he wanted us to pray for him today. Just tremendous amount of pain. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We know that there's a land, a time, 
a place coming when there will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more issues in our bodies and our homes. How we long for that time, Father. But until that time arrives on the earth, when righteousness will cover the earth as the waters do the seas, you have made a temporary reprieve for us. And that is you suffered stripes so that we could be healed while we're going on that journey. Lord, today we want to bring our brother before you, Lord Jesus, Brother Clark Gray. You see his needs. He has many. But Lord, these pressing needs in his body with his back and all. May the Spirit of God, I pray, move for him today. Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus, may the Spirit go to our brother now. Cypress so far away from where we are today, but in your presence, you're right there with him. May you help him today, Father, he asked. You see the uplifted hands that signified other needs as well. May the presence of God help us today. Lord Jesus, as we look into your word, we're asking for your divine help. May the Spirit of God take this human instrumentality, the deposit of the gift that you placed in me, Lord. Help me to be able to get out of the way and help the people to be able to get out of the way as well to be able to hear the word. Speak to us once again, Father. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. <clears throat> One of the great keys about understanding who is this Melchizedek, our husband, the, the Lord Jesus, the Almighty God, the Prince of Peace, El Shaddai, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu, all these great things that we can call him today, is to be able to understand that there is only one God. Amen. One God. Amen. That God chose to manifest himself in different titles, in different offices, even in different phases of glory. Now to us, you know, we, we, don't, we really don't understand the glory of God what little bit that we comprehend is so, so shallow and so small. And if God were to reveal himself right here this morning in the greatness of his glory, there would not be a one of us alive in this building. We couldn't stand it. We could not take it unless he revealed himself through and by a veil, which is what he has done since the very beginning. This is why another reason why that we, of course, must be changed because the greatness of his being would absolutely kill all of us. We couldn't take it. A tree, no animals on the earth could take the full expression of the glory of God. So when we're looking at Melchizedek, when we're looking at the manifestation of Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah, all of this that we look at, we're looking at one being which has chosen to reveal himself in parts or in pieces, and he chooses to do this in order that man would be able to comprehend him as well as he can. How can finite minds comprehend an infinite being? How can we who live in, in measures of seconds and, and millimeters and inches and atoms and molecules and time, how could we ever understand a being which never did start, 
never did begin, never has had a new salt, never has had a pain, never has had a sorrow, never has had to do with anything like you and I think about in time. And the only way that he could even reveal himself was to adapt down to where we would be able to understand him. Even in his writings, in the word, that's not necessarily the way that God himself talks. But he adapted our own language that we would be able to comprehend him a little better. Even in the way that he does things, he adapted part of our own ways that he would be able to reveal it so we would see something about it that would look familiar to us. If he dealt only in his language, with his ways, with his thoughts, with his makeup, with his characteristics and his traits, all of those of us that are sitting here today that have been Christians for decades, we would know nothing about him. We, We probably don't know very little about him now. But he chose, even when writing a Bible, he chose to adapt man's terminology and to adapt things that man would say. As in Genesis, he said that it repenteth the Lord that he made the man. What God don't repent like man does. But what did God do? God adapted a terminology by which man would be able to hear it and man would say, oh, okay, so the Lord felt bad about it. God wish he hadn't have done it. God's not like us. God's not a man that he would need to repent. Oh, no, the son of man that he should repent repent and offer repentance, but he adapted such ways that we would be able to comprehend him just a little bit. And yet you see, if he had not done that, there's no way for us to ever even have understood it. The prophet said it would have even blinded the very elected. So when David catches the inspiration of the Spirit of God and he says the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah, Yah, J-V-H-E, or Yahvah, whenever he says the Lord said unto my capital L, small O, small R, salt, and small D, which is Adonai, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Once again, God is adapting a terminology. God is adapting a way by which human in reading this would be able to understand a little bit more about him. And yet God does it in such a way to express his greatness but not overwhelm man to where that man would just stagger around trying to understand it. Because God knows that if he expresses himself in such largeness and such vastness of his being that man in his simplicity just staggers over it so much that he just finally give up. He just uh, There's no way I could understand it. There's no way I can comprehend to it. So God chooses to reveal himself in such a way. Now in our minds I'm so glad that God's dropped it down this way. You know people I'm sure that it kind of stumbles a lot of folks why that God would choose a man like Brother Branham and choose a a prophet that would be of such simple understanding when it would come to the world. Now as far as uh, English language Brother Branham was certainly not a scholastic scholar. He was a man that as far as looking at adjectives nouns, pronouns, adverbs all this that and the other. I mean those those of you that have seen his notes and his writing, many words he couldn't even spell. Come on now, don't get offended. I'm just telling you the truth. All you got to do is look at his notes. He couldn't even spell.
spell words right. He had his own language in one sense of the word. He'd make up words that wouldn't even in the English language. And no doubt a lot of scholars, they lied and they made fun of him and they ridiculed him looking at what kind of a man they thought he was. But with the revelation that God was going to reveal in the man's life. Can't you see why God did not uh, get a DD or a double LD or whatever more to do it? Because it would have seemed as if so God was using or enhancing the mental capacity of men but God chose a man oh praise God God chose a man that didn't even go through high school and yet allowed that man to utter things which had been kept secret since the foundation of the world What is it? It is God revealing himself in such simplicity. Now, had it been a graduate from Bob Jones, and then, of course, once he completed his scholarship at Yale, and he went from Yale, and then he went over to Bob Jones, and then he went from Bob Jones to here and there and there, then, of course, the people of the scholastic ability would look at him and see there, I taught him in biology. I taught him in microbiology. Well, Brother Branham was taught in microbiology, but he was taught by God. He probably didn't even ever ever say the word microbiology he was taught in the creation of the universe but by whom almighty God it was not a professor in some left wing university that taught him but it was to the Jehovah God himself so God chose such a man to reveal such wonderful personification of God now we know that God has done this of course down through the Bible that he would choose the prophets many of them of course could write and you could tell from reading many of the writings that they had quite an understanding but when you look at their history you realize that many of them they were not great great men as far as the world was concerned Luke was one in the New Testament of course that was a learned man he was a Jew but he learned Greek he learned Aramaic he learned different languages you can tell by the words that he used the way he constructs his his sentences puts them together that he was very well taught in that day but you look at Peter and Peter was so ignorant unlearned that you know you think how in the world did he even write first and second Peter But yet God chose to use such people. Well, I don't mind telling you, I'm kind of glad here today. uh, Since I wasn't able to go to Yale, and I wasn't able to go to Bob Jones, and I wasn't able to go to none of them places myself. uh, And most of you folks, any of y'all went to Yale? Any of y'all went to Bob Jones? Y'all been to Bob Evans, right? You know what Bob Evans is. Okay. Y'all more concerned about Bob Evans than Bob Jones, right? Okay, y'all my kind of folks. Well, you see, God chooses the simple things of the world and he would confound the wise with those who shouldn't even understand such things. The men of God that stand and preach the word and of this message in this hour and the things that God allows them to preach would absolutely astound theologians and they would certainly be astounded if they knew that most of them never darkened a university door because it never come from universities it come from the almighty himself now God of course this is his pattern and the condescension of his way of being able to deal with man now this is what I find so amazing whenever I read statements like we're fixing to read from the message here that we closed out last night in who is Melchizedek so keep in mind now you're dealing with a seventh grade scholar 
You're dealing with a Kentuckian that never went uh, on up to the eighth grade, on up to high school, much less to graduate or to university. You're not dealing with a man that said under someone like Gamaliel or said under some great theologian that was able to explain all of these things and tie together. But we're listening to a hillbilly. It just so happens you're listening to another. Praise the Lord. But yet God can take a hillbilly if he wants to and turn him into someone that would absolutely astound theologians. Why? Because that's the way God does his greatness. Now man looks at a man wants to stand up and use all of his words and make other people feel like an idiot. Now, you know, that's somebody that's in their pride and arrogance. But God wants to take somebody that can be able to stand up and preach great things, tremendous things, and yet have the divine ability to break it down to where a child can be able to understand it. That's greatness. Greatness is not standing up and preaching over the top of everybody heads and everybody leaves scratching their head. My thinking, wow, we just heard Stephen Hawking talk. But instead, where a little child can sit there and be able to comprehend and understand what was said, that takes God to do it. Now watch, as we get back into Melchizedek, as we looked at him last night, uh, dealing with the thief on the cross, and how that he was able by his person to reflect something to this thief on the cross and catch an identity of who the Lord Jesus was that even the disciples thus far had not been able to catch. In that he was Lord. Now, I was talking to Brother Jim and Brother Horn before church, and whenever you look at that thief on the cross, in reality, you and I would not even consider what he said as a prayer of repentance because he was a thief he was a bad guy he was a really tough character but yet whenever he said Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom he never said one thing about I'm sorry He never said one thing, will you forgive me? Please forgive me for robbing this person, stealing this, stealing that. But remember what he said. There was so much depth in the words that the man said, even though he didn't say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom was the form of repentance. This man may not have even known how to repent. He may have known so little about God that he didn't even know how to say, I'm sorry. But in saying, remember me when you come into your kingdom, such volume was in the words that the man said that the Lord Jesus turns and gives him an acceptation in the program of God. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now we would have said and said, hey, the guy ain't even repented yet. He's not even said, I'm sorry. Oh, but he did, but he did it in his way, in his approach back to God. Hallelujah. He was identifying himself with the shame, with the disgrace and the reproach and all of that of the Lord Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, what's amazing is when you look on the other side, there's a thief over there. He had already accused the Lord Jesus. If you're the king, why don't you save yourself and us as well? Whenever he hears the Lord Jesus tell this, man you're going to be with me isn't it amazing this guy on the other side doesn't say hey will that work for me too will you forgive me as well will you accept me isn't it amazing right there at the
the very mercy seat of God and instead of asking for forgiveness, he simply accused Jesus and overlooked who he was. God make me like the one that can see. That's right. Now, whenever we come then to understanding the way God is, we would have sat there and heard the guy say, well, he can't go to heaven. He can't go to the, uh, to the place of paradise. He never asked the Lord Jesus to forgive him. You see, there we are. We're trying to put God in our mold. We're trying to shape God into what we think God wants to be. I guarantee you one thing, there will be people, no doubt, that whenever we get there that we will see, we will be so surprised and shocked that they actually made it. Now, myself, I don't want a deathbed confession. That's that's not who I am. I do not want to wait till I'm right down there and struggling for death, that death. That's not who I'm called to be. But I'm not going to keep anybody out that can get it that way. Now, I, I, you know, I, myself, I can't see that the, most of the people like that in this day is ever going to be bright because of the position they come into. But if God wants to accept them and they come through and they ask God to totally forgive them and God forgives them, you know what? I welcome them myself in the kingdom of God. Well, praise the Lord. That's exactly right. But yet, you know, for this guy, this worked. it was a display. And it was actually uh, the Lord Jesus now hanging on the cross, the man, the body, the Son of God. Keep in mind when we talk about Son of God, when we go back to the very beginning, we're talking about the Logos, which come out of God. But when we come to the New Testament, we look at the Son of God, we're talking about the flesh. So it was the Son of God, Logos, which come in theophanic form into the body, which was called the Son of God on the earth, which was was the Lord Jesus. More than likely, several people have asked me this since I've been dealing with this. When did the theophany actually come in him? Myself, I've never found a direct answer. I believe it was probably whenever he was baptized when the fullness of the attribute come into him, the word was totally made flesh. Then we know that the anointing left him in the garden of Gethsemane. So God could not die. The theophany could not die. So the theophany then goes down to the heart of the earth and carries out the plan of God there while the Son of God the human part dies on the cross and they take that body and bury it. But remember the key to understanding about Melchizedek, how that Brother Random divides it when he preaches Melchizedek because part of it, he makes it sound like it was Jesus and part of it, he makes it sound like it wasn't. Well, it was and it wasn't. Like you is and isn't. It's the same way. You see, whenever you're talking about Jesus now being Melchizedek, that's not right. Jesus was not Melchizedek. But Melchizedek came in the form of Jesus. Jesus had a day begin. He had a day he could die. Melchizedek could not die because he was eternal. But now remember when God is making this example, it is actually going to become a standing order, the order of Melchizedek. So the order of Melchizedek is more than one individual. It is an order of successive individuals following a similar pattern in order to make it a similitude like the order of Melchizedek. So before he was ever man, he was word. Amen. But he come down the regular line, so he comes from the attribute, the first spirit being unseen, comes from the attribute, then he comes down secondarily, and he becomes the word. So in the beginning was the word. That's the beginning. What was it before the beginning? It was the eternal. Now we come through the regular line, straight from the attribute, down to the logos, which is the word, then that empties on down into theophany, and then he, of course, he has his manifestations in the book of, of, of Genesis 
Genesis and Exodus and so on, where he reveals himself in theophany form. Then we see the appearance of that word made flesh as a baby. But the theophany was not carried around in Mary's womb. It was the word made flesh. What words are you talking about? Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 9, 6, Deuteronomy 3, you know, all these things. This was the word made flesh when he was born. But the fullness of the Godhead bodily never come in him until the river. Is that right? That's right. Well, if he was born the fullness of the Godhead body, then the fullness of the Godhead body would die on the cross. But if the word was made flesh, then the fullness come in him at the appropriate time. The fullness could also leave him at the appropriate time, and the devil would never know the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. So the fullness of the Godhead bodily then comes in him and then the fullness of the Godhead bodily, that attribute of the fullness leaves him at the appropriate time so that the Son of God, the human part, could die and pay our penalty for sin. But before he ever became flesh, he was the Word. Now, notice this in Melchizedek, paragraph 95. Now, the true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view. What? He was God the Word before he became flesh. God the Word, because he had to be. No one else could be immortal like him. I had father and mother. You did too. Jesus had father and mother, but this man had no father and had no mother. Jesus had a time he started. This man didn't. Jesus gave his life. This man couldn't because he was life. And it's the self-same man all the time. I hope God reveals it to you. Now you see, humanly, when you listen to this without the Spirit of God, it sounds like it's two, but it ain't. It's one. It's the self-same man all the time. I hope God reveals it to you, the self-same person all the time. Notice his title, King of Righteousness. Now, Hebrews 7, 2. King of Righteousness, King of Peace. He's two kings. Now, watch. Also, the King of Peace. He's two kings there. Now, since he's come in the flesh, received his body up, received his body up. Now, this is the first time that God had a permanent human body while the Son of God, not Logos, but the Son of God, Jesus. You see, Jesus is the further expression of the Logos in human form that would be a permanent, constant humanity for the Almighty. That God would say from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of us. So now God has a permanent glorified body and its name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Notice now he said, Revelation 21, 16, he's called the king of kings. He's all three of them together. See, King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. He is the king of kings. It's all met. Notice now how it's met. Just like soul, body, and spirit. So King God, King Theophany, King Jesus is soul, body, and spirit in similitude to how that you are. Now here we sit today as a trinity. You have a soul, you have a human spirit, and you have a human body. But one day your trinity will be brought into the very trinity of God. That is, you will have a soul, you will have a theophany instead of a human spirit, and you will have a glorified body. That's just like Jesus. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Except he's Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you'll be soul, theophany, glorified body. Amen. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The true trinity of God and the true trinity of you. Now notice he said it's meant all just like soul, body, and spirit all comes to make one. He is the Father which was the first, Son and Holy Ghost. King of righteousness, the spirit attribute. Theophany, King of peace, theophany. Then in flesh, he was King of kings, same person. So king of righteousness, spirit attribute, king of peace, theophany, king of kings was flesh. Amen, amen. Same person. Oh, notice again he said, when the theophany, Moses seen him in Exodus 33, 2. He was a theophany. Moses wanted to see God. He had heard his voice, heard him talk to him, and seen him in a bush, a great big pillar of fire. And he said, who are you? I want to know who you are, Moses said. And he said, if you'll let me see, I'd like to see your face. He said, no man can see my face. But I'll put my hand over your eyes, and I'll pass by, and you can see my back, but not my face. See, what he did, it was the back of a man. It was a theophany. Now let's read in Exodus chapter 33, verse 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing. Moses has asked for his never fading presence to go with him. And God said, I'll do this. Also thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. And he said, all right, God, if you're going to go with us now, I've got something else I want to ask you. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now, God, what I want to see is your glory in the presence of your face. I want to see something I haven't seen before. I want to see your glory revealed through your face because thus far, He had seen a face and he had seen the glory, but they were separate. If you listen carefully, you see father and son. And you'll also see yourself. Notice, so Moses asked to see God's glory expressed in his face instead of being separate. Notice Exodus 16.10, a prior visitation, which he had already seen. And it came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Now can you imagine, this is your prophet messenger, and you're standing there, Aaron's embellishing the people, talking to the people, admonishing them. And as they look toward the wilderness, they look out that direction, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. How many believes the glory of the Lord could appear in a cloud in the last days? 
And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them saying, At even you shall eat flesh in the morning, you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So now here the children of Israel, they see the glory of God, but God appears to this man Moses in a diversified form than what he appears to them. Notice chapter 24 verse 15. And Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight, now listen, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire. Notice the key word, the sight, the way it appeared to the people. Now notice this is God condescending in a form by which he wishes to instill something in the hearts of these individuals. So the similitude of the way the scripture says in Numbers chapter 12, that there was a similitude or a likeness in which God chose to reveal himself. He changes from one immorphe to another depending upon what is needed. Sometimes he might need to scare the liver out of you. So he appears in whatever form that is. And if you're more calm and you need consolation, then he'll choose another form. Watch these theophanic appearances of God. Many of them in the Old Testament. It is designed to scare unconverted human beings. I guarantee you one thing. If this happened right here today, it would probably scare most of us to death. You imagine if this cloud hung over Happy Valley Church and all the television stations and radio and newspaper and all of them would come about, go to making pictures of it, people would be scared to death. I don't blame them. I would be too. So God shows this. Notice then the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire. On top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. So now this is the way he chose to appear so that it would look this way in their sight. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up unto the mount and Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. My and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle chapter 33 verse 9 the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses so you can see now that one appearance after another Moses has seen him but he knows he's not seen him in the attribute of his fullness because Moses would see him one time and he'd look like a fire he'd see him another time he'd look like a cloud another time he'd look like a man or another time there'd be a similitude like a face but it was veiled with such a kind of that he couldn't really make out the feature so he knew there was something he was missing about God can you imagine friends if every one of us would have that desire today no matter how long we've been saved and how long we've been going to church and how many times we've seen the hand of God move if it became one of the greatest desires and one of the greatest passions that we have to see God and to know God and to walk with God in a greater way than we've ever known him. 
I wonder what God would do for us as individuals. But the thing is, we become complacent. We become satisfied with what we know or what we think we know. We become satisfied with our perception of God. Oh, and there's so much more. I believe that we as the saints of God can be able to walk to not in the millennium, not in the eternal day, but right here in this life if we want it. Oh, may God help us. Notice, oh, Jesus. So Moses is now petitioning God for something different. Notice here in verse 10 now. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. Now, wait a minute. When he goes to ask him to see God's glory, God said, no man can see my face. Isn't that amazing? He was looking at a face, but he knew it was not the fullness of the face of God. Now, I wonder if we would have talked with God face to face. If I said, well, that's it. Boy, I've arrived. I'll tell you what. I don't need to go no farther. Praise the Lord. Some of us have heard the message and we've been settled down for years. We've heard God send a prophet and open the seals and we've settled right down, ain't moved none since. Shame on us. There ought to be a desire in every one of our hearts. Men, women, boys, girls, whatever. God, I want more. I need more. And you'll never have more till you recognize your need for more. So here a man like this that was able to experience such great supernatural phenomena in the presence of God to see things that no other man had ever seen. Now Abraham was a great man, was able to see wonderful things. Yet God chose a diverse way to reveal himself to Moses and Moses saw these manifestations of God but yet he knew there was more. So he actually talks face to face to God but yet God told him later, nobody ain't never seen my face. So whenever Moses asked this, God knows, Moses knows. Amen. God knew that Moses knew there was more. I hope you can understand it. It was Christ. It was Christ he was wanting to see. Christ has been the mystery of God. And it's a slowly unfolded mystery through the millenniums. Praise God. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. You say it wasn't Christ. Oh, yes, it was Christ. The scripture said he chose to bear the reproach of Christ. As a man speaketh unto his friend. So here God appears, Brother Terry, in a similitude. So when God talked to him face to face or mouth to mouth, it was a similitude of his expression, but it wasn't him. Now see, we're so little and we're so small and minute. One of us pretty well covers us. Come on, you're, you're known by you. Your looks, your height, your weight, your mannerism, your traits, your characteristics, that's how little we are. But we're talking about a being that is so vast 
that he chooses multiplied forms in order to reveal himself and we've barely scratched the surface out after thousands of years. Most of us, you can be around us 10 or 15 minutes and you know pretty much everything there is to know about us. We're that shallow, we're that little. Come on, you might as well say amen. Now, for those of you who think you're greater than that, you're smaller than those who said amen because they recognize how small they are and you're too big to even know how little you are. Let all your air out and you'll like a balloon and you'll come on down to earth like the rest of them. Now, notice then, so Moses somehow breaking into the very being of God. You imagine walking in this presence now and being there. But yet, whenever God spoke to him mouth to mouth, lip to ear, it was a form which rendered the invisible being in a visible form. But Moses knew somehow, Brother Jim, this still ain't him. Glory be to God. This is a manifestation of divine glory. But he said, Lord, if I've found favor in your sight, I want to see your face. God says, Moses, no man can see my face and live. But I have a special creation of myself that I've not yet let you see. Glory be to God. Exodus 33, 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness. Wow. So Moses asked to see the face of God and God says, I'm going to let all my goodness So who was the goodness of God? I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Can you imagine? Here comes this presence. Here comes this theophany, which is what it was. And this theophany is declaring the name of the Lord. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is wonderful. And he hears this theophany as it starts toward the rock where he's standing. And this theophany is saying the goodness of the Lord and the mercy of the Lord. And he extends himself to thousands and he gives mercy. Whoever it was sure knew a lot about the mercy and the goodness and the forgiveness and the heart and the power and the cross. I mean the the, the love of God. Notice, oh my, I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So Moses asked to see the face of God and God tells him, so you will not miss it. So you will not miss it when the manifestation starts. This will be the beginning of the visible manifestation, a proclamation of a message of mercy. So if you're looking for a king on a throne, forget it. If you're looking for some great valiant soldier to do this and that and the other, the proclamation of my theophany will be the greatness and the extension of my mercy. It will be the extension and the expression of how great I am. How mer- Don't you see who it was? Don't you see who it was? And he said, thou canst not see 
my face. For there shall no man see me and live. Yet Moses had seen a face and lived. Jacob said he seen the God face to face and called the name of that place Peniel. And he said he lived. Jacob seen him, but he hadn't seen him. Moses seen him, but he hadn't seen him. You've seen you, but you ain't seen you either. Glory to God. Notice 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Can't you see why only the elect would have ever seen it? They would have compared him to the field of the Old Testament when the cloudy pillar come down, when the fire come down, and they would have seen all the glory and all the Shekinah and then looked in the face of Jesus and thought, this carpenter, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But the glory of God was hid in the face of Jesus Christ. You imagine her, she makes her way through. Finally, she comes into where he is without invitation, without cordiality, without invite. She was treated rude and unwelcome, but she makes her way down to his feet. She starts crying, big tears dropping out of her eyes, washing his feet with her tears. Imagine her on the occasion that she raised up enough bravery to look into his eyes. What she's seeing? The face of God that Moses desired to see. see when you look at Jesus do you see a second person do you see a second Lord that's powerless or are you looking in the face of God hallelujah hallelujah notice Moses back again Exodus 33 21 the Lord said behold there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a revelation. A rock. Moses, there's a place by me. And I want you standing on the rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts. But my face won't be seen till the New Testament. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, the law could not show the face of God, but grace could. Law will put us in jail. Law would send us to hell. But the face of God introduced a mercy like the world has never known. (sighs) 
So here he comes and he goes to saying, the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is merciful. You imagine Moses' flesh as they begin to tremble. Have any of you all ever been in the presence of God so great that you felt like you were going to die? I ain't talking about shouting. I ain't talking about jumping. I ain't talking about running and chills running over you where you are so afraid you're afraid to move. I ain't talking about bubble dancing and just hooping and hollering. I'm talking about another realm of God's glory. So here it comes and Moses standing in the cleft of the rock, trembling, shaking. And all of a sudden a shadow comes over and it's the hand of the theophany. So he says, the Lord is gracious. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is kind. The shadow now merges into the image. And he can see him. But it passes. It's still blurry. He still can't make it out. The glory, the effigy of the glory is so brilliant. But he still can't see it. And when it comes past, what did Moses see? The afterglow. Oh, thank you, Lord. The glory was where? On the face. But he saw the back parts, which was the afterglow. So he slides his hand away from the hollow in the rock. And Moses looks and he sees the back image of a man. I wonder if he ever got over that. Imagine when he was standing on that rock at his time of his departure. I wonder if that theophanic appearance wasn't somewhere real close again as he's getting ready to cross over. You see, there's something about the appearance of God to the real children of God. They long for it. It's mysterious. It's strange. It's peculiar. And yet they're very so. Why are y'all sitting here mesmerized this morning? Hardly saying amen, ouch, oh me, or nothing else. Why? Because this, this is what you long for, is it not? You long for more than shouting. You long for more than fast music. You long for more than just feeling his presence. You want to know him like this? Well, let me go ahead and tell you one day you're going to except you won't be afraid you will not be scared notice the prophet now as he switches to Abraham Abraham being the one with the promise and the message of the coming son he was also God's word prophet that trust in God's word calling anything contrary as though it wasn't See how perfect the word is? The word come to the prophet. That was God in a theophany. And the Bible said the word comes to the prophet. And here was the word in a theophany. You say, was that God? Abraham said it was. Well, theologians say, Brother Donnie, I ain't interested in what theologians say. This is the man who tasted the apple. He called him Elohim. Now in Genesis 1, you find out in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 18, we find Abraham called this person that sat there and talked to him and could tell him the secrets of his heart and tell him what Sarah was thinking behind him. Abraham said, it's Elohim. He was in a theophany form. You get it. And we find out he was in a theophany form. He called him Lord God. 
Elohim. But the theophany had come into a form of the body of 16 elements of the earth created by the Almighty. When he walked out of Abraham's camp, he stepped out of the theophany. The 16 elements disintegrated, went right back to the elements of the earth. So what's the resurrection? The reverse of what he did. That's why when Brother Bram deals with him, God and said, push in the seals. They said, the graves will be open. He said, oh yeah, they'll be open. Not like you think they will. Let me tell you something, friend, on the resurrection morning, there won't be one grave empty over here in Happy Valley. You go over to the memorial cemetery and boy, boy, you go here and there and there where we buried the saints of God. There will not be one clod of the earth. There will not be no angel standing there with shovels. He will call them from the dust of the earth. There won't be graves open. All the graves will open. All right, Lord God have mercy. It will be the elements of the earth that will open up. There's the grave that he will call your body out of. All those elements on the earth have been redeemed. Can you imagine them martyrs in the first century? They were eaten by lions and the lions digested their bodies and they passed them through the waste and their their bodies and many of them went back to acids and gases and chemicals. But that don't make no difference. He is a creator. Notice in paragraph 104, Abraham, there was three of them. But when Abraham met the three, he said, my Lord. He was a one God guy. But when Lot down in Sodom, two of them went down there and Lot saw two of them coming and said, my Lord. So I told you last night, Lot turned into a two Lord guy. You see, when you leave the teaching of the prophet and you head towards Sodom, you always get your Godhead messed up. Don't you understand why Satan is so attacking the revelation of the Godhead around this message? I know you're ignorant to it, friend. Sometimes I say things you think, what in the world is he talking about? But if you only knew right from inside the ranks of our message, the great revelation the Godhead which has been restored, Satan using so-called preachers to stand up and say our Lord Jesus was not even God. I'm convinced this about some of the so-called preachers in this message. They'd be better off to work for the sanitation department because they seem to be gathered better at gathering garbage than they do handling the Word of God. Praise the Lord. All oh, they hand out this garbage and that garbage and that garbage and that garbage and call it Word and hide it behind revelation. It ain't revelation. Anything contrary to the Word of God is not revelation. No matter how many Abraham saw, it was still one Lord. There is God. This was Melchizedek. Notice after the battle was over, Melchizedek served his victorious child. Communion. Think of that part of himself. We want to see here on the type and view the communion after the battle. He gave of himself because the communion is part of Christ. After the struggle is over, after you've done got yourself whipped out. Boy, if most of us was as good as fighting ourselves as we are others, we'd be something, wouldn't we? We can fight other people. We can whip them out. We can tell them exactly what they, they ought to do, but we ain't so good about ourselves. Amen, Brother Donnie. Amen, Brother Donnie. Amen, Brother Donnie. 
after you've done got yourself whipped out, then is when you partake of Christ. Become a part of his being. Notice again, Melchizedek went to meet Abraham before he got back home. What a beautiful type we have here. Now remember, Bob Jones, Yale, Oxford. You imagine them theologians as they sat behind him. Watch them in the deep coast to the deep. Watch them as they sat there behind him. Listen at them. Listen at many of them who wrote stories about his life. Oh, they disagreed with his doctrine. But yet they said, never a man preached like this. Theo Osborne said, other men preached Jesus Christ. William Branham lived him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Melchizedek meeting Abraham before he got back home. After the battle, we meet Jesus in the air. Before we get home, that's right, 2 Thessalonians tells us so, before we meet him in the eye, a beautiful type of Rebecca meeting Isaac in the field, in the cool of the day. We meet him in the air, 2 Thessalonians tells us so, for we which are alive and remain do not prevent or hinder those which are asleep. The trumpet of God shall sound the dead and Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. Perfect, all these types. Therefore, the theophany, If you have died and entered into that theophany, what happens? Newsflash. Let me give you your next event. The theophany comes to the earth to pick up the redeemed body. And if you're here... In the air. Whoa. This ain't on board no DC-9. Can you imagine? You are suspended in the air. (laughs) That scares me. It may do it now, but it won't then. I'm scared of heights. Don't worry about that. It'll all be gone. It'll be so fast you'll never even know it. Can you imagine, listen to this, if you're here in the air, you take the body. So the body ain't you then. Glory to God. You're not the body. You take the body. You who? The seed, the gene, the attribute, the logos. You take the body to meet the theophany, there you are, called up and go to meet the Lord in the air. Who is this Melchizedek but God? What in the world has our resurrection and rapture got to do with who is Melchizedek? Unless it has something to do with who is Melchizedek. Can I go a bit farther? Now we see here plainly the complete secret of our lives in journey and death. And where we go to Eden in the sixth dimension when we die. All 
also, I should have known it. Predestination is in plain view here. Listen as we teach this closely. The stages of the eternal purpose he had in his secret has now been revealed. It's a good thing Paul the Apostle wasn't there in Jeffersonville when Brother Adam preaches. Can you imagine John the Beloved and Peter? Hey, listen, friend. Brother Branham preached what Paul preached, but there was things Brother Branham was allowed to preach that Paul didn't get to. Oh, come on, don't sit there and look at me like you're some theologian. Just be honest and say the truth. There was things that Paul was allowed to preach that Jesus wasn't allowed to preach. It wasn't time. That's the way God disperses his word. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's things that are being said right now that the people around the message wasn't up to hearing since 65. Come on now. God is allowing his men that he dispersed the conquering gifts in their life. It will be that, my brother, sister, that will preach you into a body change. Listen to tapes. Yes. Read books. Yes. But God is not stopping with the tapes. God is using anointed men around the world to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to bring a rationing faith to his people. Notice there's still three stages to perfection. Just like he redeems the world the same way he redeems the church. He redeems the people in three stages. Now look. First is justification, like Luther preached. Second, sanctification, like Wesley preached. Third, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Then comes the rapture. Justification made way for sanctification. Sanctification made way for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism of the Holy Ghost made way for the Holy Ghost himself, the person. Melchizedek. Now notice we see Melchizedek and why that Mary wasn't his mother. If you listen carefully, hopefully this will help you to see why your mama was not your mother. We see why that Mary wasn't his mother. But he just got through telling us prior to this, she was. Is he confused, brother? No, no, you are. He had no father, for he was the father. The everlasting father. The three in the one. <laughs> I hope he reveals it to you. It's the same person all the time. He had no mother, certainly not. He had no father, for he was the father. But Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 says, but when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child 
was Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures and they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, verse 13, and they were departed. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother. <laughs> and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him verse 14 when he arose he took the young child and his mother Amen. well we're not talking about Melchizedek and we're not talking about the Logos son of God we're talking about the human son of God which was son of man I thank God for my mom and daddy. Don't you thank God for your mom and daddy? You wouldn't have been here had it not been for them. Your DNA, your chromosomes, your hair color, your eye color, your size, your stature, this, that, the other, plus all the other stuff I got from them, <laughs> which we'll not mention. But anyway, all that, they, they gave me my expression in the earth. But Don Reagan is not my father. But yet Don Reagan is my father. Betty Reagan is not my mother, yet Betty Reagan is my mother. Brother Donnie, you're confusing me. I'm not confused at all. I have the ability to separate me from me. You see, this is why I could say Jesus, that Jesus had a day started. What are we talking about? Jesus was not Logos. Logos became Jesus in human form. But by being able to divide and separate that, he made a way so the human form could die and pay the penalty of sin. If he, the fullness of the word, would have come on the earth, he could not die in the form of Melchizedek. He could not die in the form of Exodus 33. But he could die in the form of Matthew 2.14. The young child and his mother. Let's skip a few there, Brother Daniel, and jump down to who is Melchizedek, paragraph 123. And this Melchizedek became flesh. He revealed himself as son of man when he come as a prophet. He come in the names, three names of a son. Son of man, son of God, son of David. Melchizedek, Hebrew says, it says, therefore Melchizedek, the great priest, like a man, had no beginning, no end. And we went through that theophany that we were made in the image of God before the world was ever made. When that theophany had been made flesh and dwelt among us, then through his death, we ourselves receive his spirit and we have no end. Eternal life, not angels, but men and women. Oh, somehow I could only get it away. My audience would be able to catch it. You never would be an angel. God made angels, but God made man. And what God does, listen, what God does is off of God which is as eternal as God is and man just as eternal as his creator because he was made from eternity. I'm trying to close, but you won't let me. He couldn't come in that theophany. He couldn't come 
as Melchizedek. He had to come as a man. He had to come through the woman. Thy seed shall bruise the serpent's head and his seed will bring your seed. See, get it? Amen. God had to come through a woman as he did. And when he dwelt in his body of his son, Christ Jesus. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And he offered his own blood as a sacrifice and gave his life that through that channel of death, he might save you unto eternal life. Everybody take a deep breath. Before the foundation of the world, when God created you in his image, or created the man in his image and created the woman in the image of man for the glory of God, he made you a theophany just like yourself. When he said, let us to the creatures that he had made, let us make man in our image a theophany. God had never become flesh yet. He was in a theophany. Praise God. There were the priests forever after the order of Melchizedek. On the day of Pentecost, the successive order of Melchizedek started repeating itself by new births. Then he started revealing himself no longer as son of man, but son of God, which is what? The original Logos form, unseen spirit. Down through the church ages, it was son of God. With a promise the son of man would return again in the last days. Let's stand. I need to read you a couple more before we go. This body is subject to the spirit, but you've not yet entered into the word form. But we're still in the flesh form, but subject to the word. Death and the flesh will take us there. And when a man is born again from heaven, he becomes a spirit babe in Christ. And when this robe of flesh is dropped, there is a natural body, theophany. A body not made with hands, neither born of a woman that we go to then that body returns back and picks up the glorified body. That's the reason Jesus went to hell when he died and preached to the souls that were in prison. Turn back into that theophany. Oh, marvelous. Thank God. Second Corinthians 5, 1, if this earthly house be dissolved, this earthly tabernacle, we have one, see, we have bypassed that to come straight from God, the attribute. To be flesh. So you bypassed your theophany. To be tempted and tested like sin, like Adam did. But when the testing of his word is over, then we are taken up to this body that was prepared for us before the foundation of the world. It is the word, the word that we skipped. Don't you understand? Don't you see? The seed, but Brother Donnie, that seed, isn't that the word? It is, but not like the theophany. The theophany is your part of the fullness. Amen. 
The part that's in you when you're born, it can lay in obscurity and darkness for decades. It can lay there for years and even when it's quickened, you still don't know all things. You still grow by the day you start to pray, God, please help me, God, I'm struggling. Oh, God, give me understanding. Oh, God, help me with this, help me with that. But this, in there, Brother Ram said, that's why he knew all things. Why? His expression was theophany before he was human. If you would have come that way, you'd have looked the devil square in the face and said, get out of my face. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I existed before the world ever began. But, oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, I believe I'm one of yours. Oh, Lord. Sign you didn't come through the theophany. So the seedling in you, it's word too, and it's quicker. Oh, my, grabs a hold of you. And the theophany, it connects. <laughs> Glory to God. I've been raised from the dead. You got an electrical shock like you are whenever you code where you coded spiritually. And God sent you the And the seed come to life and the theophany pulled away. And he said, you've recognized the word of God as eagle food. Leave the other thing. <laughs> So we've struggled and we pray, we fight battles, fight devils. And all of a sudden in the rapture morning, something sweeps over us, consummates the change that the new birth started in your soul, which still ain't hardly right yet. What you waiting for? Your fullness. So all of a sudden, the spirit of God rapturing power starts raising your body. Lord, children, this ain't a dream. A sweep goes over you. And your eyes are changed, your hair, your teeth, your muscles, your sinew, your bones. And a change goes over you. And a power starts lifting you off the earth. And you're actually carried up into the air, who knows how far. But you've got to leave your home because you're the often he left his. Melchizedek wasn't at his house, which was Salem. And Abraham wasn't at his house. They met somewhere in the middle. But remember, the sixth dimension is not but 20 feet away. So you wouldn't have to raise. It's just a few feet off the ground. And when you get up, you're looking at yourself square in the eye. Praise be to God. I know you think I'm crazy. I know you, you must think I'm absolute nuts. And I'm, I'm the happiest nut you've ever seen in your life. Any close? When the testing of his word is over, but taken up to this body that was prepared before the foundation of the world. It is the word that we skip to come right around down here to be tempted and tested. If we'd come through that, there'd been no temptation. We'd know all things. Glory be to God. That's the reason Jesus knowed all things, because he was the word before his flesh. Then we become the word. Here we're formed to the word image, to be a partaker of the word. Feed on the word. By being predestinated since the beginning. You see that little spark of life that you had in you from the beginning? When you started your journey, many of you can remember it. You joined this church, joined that church, you tried this and that's nothing satisfied. That's right. But one day, you just recognized it. 
Then after you recognize the very word of God was eagle food, you left the other thing. You have then been formed into the living image of the living God. You heard from your theophany. Praise God. Praise God. Who is this Melchizedek? And who are these that are part of the order of this Melchizedek? No wonder David embraces the messianic prophecy of Melchizedek going into the millennium. For it will be after the order of Melchizedek, the millennium will be set in cycle. And there won't just be one there. There'll be millions of the order of Melchizedek. Praise God. Oh, praise God. I don't mind telling you when we sit in these places like this. I wish we could leave straight from here and go there. Forget Cracker Barrel. Forget Longhorn. Forget all of that. Praise God. One of these days, friends, we will. That sweep will come over us and we'll be changed. You'll feel your body rising from the earth. You'll look at yourself. The wrinkles are gone. Those around you, you'll feel yourself. Oh, God. And your feet will leave the ground. You'll rise. Amen. And you will take the redeemed body to meet the theophany. And there you will. As Jesus' theophany stepped in his, so will yours step in you. And you'll find yourself traveling like a thought. You talking about a time? If it's sort of a reliving situation of what we read last night in Psalms when the saints of God get there into heaven. And before we go in the gate, we go to scream in that lift up ye everlasting gates and be ye lifted up. For the king's coming in. Can you imagine the myriads of angels Cherubims, seraphims, zooms. They're waiting even now. In 1965, the prophet said they were waiting breathlessly. In 1965, they were waiting breathlessly. Because the city's done. They're waiting for the inhabitants to come. You imagine when we all march in for the first time. The Gentiles, the Jews all gathered together and Melchizedek will serve us communion again I'll drink no more fruit of the vine drink of this cup or eat this bread till I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom children no matter what gets in your way lay it aside no matter what stops you don't let nothing hinder you Let's pray together, shall we? How many wants to be there with all your heart? Oh my, God bless you, each one of you. Can you say, Lord, with that sign of that uplifted hand, don't ever let nothing get in my way, Lord.
don't let nothing hinder me. My attitude, my spirit, my job, my flesh. Don't let nothing hinder me, Lord. I want to be there so bad. Oh, God, I have my hands raised up with some Father. We do want to be there, Lord Jesus. You made a way for us, Father, that we could go. Lord, we believe by faith, since we bypassed the theophany, this is the provided way we must come now. Most of us have never literally seen our name in the book. We believe we're yours. As far as knowing it by knowledge of some sort, there's no human knowledge. But we believe. Father, we ask you that you'd help us. Don't let our lives, our jobs, our family, our loved ones, this cold Laodicean age. Lord, don't let anything hinder us from being there, Father. We want to be there with all of our hearts. Lord, we know what awaits this world that we live in. The judgment of God. Earthquakes. Pestilence. Disease. The tribulation period. The opening of the sixth seal. Will be such horrific things upon the earth. Things like man has never known. But you have made a way. And you told us in Luke 21... Pray you therefore always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Forgive us of our shortcomings, Lord. Forgive us of our failures. Lord, if there's any here today that's cold and complacent, forgive us of that, Lord. Any that's lukewarm, may we be like Moses. May we hunger and thirst to see more, hear more, know more about you Lord we don't want to do it so we can brag to others and lift ourselves up as if though we are something the really lack one it's simply for one reason to enhance to fulfill the deepest desire and craving of their soul Lord that's why we want more oh Lord God help me I pray never to share with anyone that which is meant to be for me and you alone Help me, God, to keep my deepest things that you mean for me only to share. Never to utter a word of it. Those things which I can share and you want me to share, I want it, Lord. But help me to be able to divide the difference. Help each of us, Father, to know that there is a place by you for each of us. Moses could have described that place. He could have told us all kinds of things about it since he's the one who wrote the book of Exodus. But he chose not to. Apparently, it was things about it that was only for him and you to know. Help us, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. Lord, we pray you'd heal the sick among us, several sick flu, various things going around. Dear God, we ask for your mercy upon the bodies of the people. Keep us, I pray, today, Lord God, in your grace. We love you, Jesus. We want to be closer to you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the way it's got to be. I need more, Lord. I need more of you. 
Lord, I just don't want my mind to be filled with more quotes. Lord, my mind to be filled with more scriptures. And I do my best. I try to study and study and study and study. Lord God, but I want more than scriptures. I want more than quotes. I want more of a personal relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We will not settle for anything less. I need more of you. That's the way it's got to be. Everybody, sing it. More of you. Yes, Lord God. Till there's no room left in me all those wasted hours and minutes they're yours now from the start to the finish I need more amen again I need more of you that's the way it's got to be I need more of you sweet Jesus till there's no start to the finish I need more hallelujah oh I need more sing it children Close your eyes. I need more of you. That's the way it's got to be. Lord, I need more. Not more scriptures, not more quotes, Lord, but more of you. Till there's no room left in me. All those wasted hours and minutes They're yours now From the start to the finish I need more of you I've got to have more
Blessed Lord God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. You told us in your word, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. May every heart here today, Lord, leave with a greater yearning, a greater thirst, a greater desire. For Lord, we're living in a time when we're right here so close to the end, we can see the finish line. It's right in front of us. And of all times, people are turning away. It's not like we've just began the race. It's not like it's 2,000 years back and we've got all these church ages to face and all these things that we've got to go through, but we're so close. We can see the lights of that city. And yet some are turning away now. But, oh God, we want to run with all the strength we have. Praise God. Give us courage. Give us strength to keep our eyes on the goal, Lord. That nothing, nothing will stop us, Lord Jesus. Praise God. I need more.
Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah. We adore your name. Oh, Melchizedek. Hallelujah. King God. King Jesus. King Theophany. 
We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I said, won't it be a time? Won't it be a time? Won't it be a time? Talking with the angels. Won't it be a time? Won't it be a time?
Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Jerry, come and dismiss us, my brother. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. See you Wednesday night. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, it won't only be a time then. We've been having a pretty good time right now. With all the heartaches of this journey, eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man what God has in store for them that love him. All I can think about is what the prophet God said, just don't miss it. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads, we thank you that we can come into that great king's presence. We're learning more and more and more about thee. The mighty God being unveiled before us little by little, but now down to the fullness. How thankful we are for this great end time, present day truth, revelation. As the prophet told us, the greatest of all revelation is the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. We're seeing truly who you are, God. We thank you. Take your children this afternoon as we depart from this house that's been dedicated to your service. We go to lunch and our places of abode keep us safe on the highways. Bless your servant, Lord, for his time, his discipline, his study. Lord, his separation from his family, Lord, to bring us the fresh manna. Bless him, Lord, for his efforts. I know you will on the other side, but even on this side, give him consolation. Everyone that was prayed for, we believe that they'll be healed and made well. Go with us this beautiful day, Lord, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. I looked at my hands. Hallelujah. My hands look new. Oh, I looked at my feet. Hallelujah. And they did too. Oh, I looked all around me and all around me shine. I said, I want it be a time.